1700s, a young politician named William Wilberforce. Some of you maybe have heard of him. William Wilberforce, who fell in love with God in such a way that it grabbed a hold of his heart and he was changed forever. He was influenced by ministry and mission of a couple of guys like John and Charles Wesley, who preached this message of holiness of heart and life. In other words, love God and love people. Love God and love people. That grabbed a hold of him, and it changed the way he approached his life as a politician. He began to be brokenhearted over the issue of the slave trade that was going on throughout Great Britain. And, and he was just moved by this, and he decided, I have to do something about it. The heart of God was beating in him, and he decided to do something about it. So he began this impossible fight against just the complete institution of slavery in his country. And over and over again, he would bring bill after bill after bill to, to, for the abolishment of slavery. And once, just every time it was defeated, knocked down, every time again and again. But slowly the public began to get behind him. And it actually started with teenagers and college students who really got on board first. And there was this groundswell of support there among these people that, that people thought had no influence whatsoever. And they began to get behind him. So college students and teenagers started wearing badges and armbands to let people know they stood with Wilber, William Wilberforce and they stood against slavery. And so they began to boycott like sugar and chocolate because those were the products that the slaves were used to produce and harvest. So they began to, to do that. And they began to influence change. And over time, sure enough, they wore it down. And he saw that goal recognized in his lifetime. They shut down England's participation in trade, in the slave trade. And then a month after he died, all slavery was completely abolished throughout this country. He gave his life to it. Why? Because he was stirred in his heart by the God who hears the cries of slaves and does something about it. That influence swept across and into our own culture in America just before in the time leading up to the Civil War. There was a small group of pastors who began to preach out because of what they read in Scripture, because of the story that runs all the way through Scripture. They began to preach against slavery in America as well. This was completely unpopular, and the church at the time tried to squelch this and tried to quiet them down. They refused to be quiet, and so they were actually forced out of their churches, and they formed a new church, a church that became known as the Wesleyan Church. That is the church that actually we come out of, that we find our roots in here, in this local congregation. And, and so that is our history. And they were led by a man, by, by a group of people, but especially a courageous man named Orange Scott. Okay? Orange Scott. Now everybody's like, ah. Oh. Wait, I still don't get it. Okay, we're not there yet. Don't worry, okay? So Orange Scott and his friends, this courageous group of pastors and preachers that were pushed out of their church, formed a new group called the Wesleyan Church, and they began to preach out boldly against slavery in our culture. Several of the Wesleyan churches became actually stations on the famous Underground Railroad, pastors risking their lives to see the escape and rescue of people in slavery. That's our history. 
That's where we come from. Then they sent a young man in his 20s down to the south where slavery, of course, saw its worst incarnation. His name was Adam Crooks. Let's see, there he is right there. That actually looks like Robin Barnes' high school picture, right? There you go. Anyway, okay. Um, so Adam Crooks was this young guy in his 20s who volunteered to come to North Carolina and start the first Wesleyan church in the entire South, risked his life to do it. He and his congregation were completely and constantly threatened by people. Uh, one of the men in the congregation was actually hanged. Uh, but as his, the people who were, who were doing this against him, they walked away, the limb broke, and he lived. And then he showed up at like a social gathering the next day where those guys were. He's like, what's up? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so this is the history that we come out of as a church. This is our history. People, just like in the Old Testament, who were inflamed with their hearts, in their hearts, to have their hearts beat like God's. And, and to be like God's heart that says, I hear the cries of slaves and I will not sit and do nothing about it. But the God who leaps into action comes down to rescue and lifts up into freedom. Amazing. That is our history. That's story number two. Story number three is this. That's not just history. Okay? That's not just history. We think of slavery most of the time in the realms of something that is in the past, of an evil in the past that was overcome by good and thankfully <coughs> way back there pushed into history. But shockingly, slavery is still very much alive today. In fact, there are more slaves in the world today than at any other time. Ever. Can you believe that? It's incredible. There are 27 million people right now who are victims of human trafficking, of forced labor, of child labor, of sexual exploitation. Out of those 27 million people, about 20% of that involves labor of some sort. About 80% involves sexual exploitation in some form. And out of that 27 million people, about half are under the age of 18. Slavery is very much alive today. And it's a global epidemic. But the worst part of it is that it's not just global. It's not just happening on the other side of the world. It is a local reality for us. It's here in the United States. In fact, in North Carolina, we are ranked eighth in the nation as the place for, for the most common practice of taking place of human trafficking. Eighth in the nation, North Carolina. Incredible. Uh, across the United States, human trafficking happens most often uh, along the interstate highway system. In Chapel Hill, we have I-85 and I-40 running through our backyards. This is not just something on the other side of the world. It is happening here. It is real. This is more than history. It's right now. History is repeating itself. History is repeating itself. The, the transatlantic trade route has been exchanged for our interstate highways. The plantation replaced by sweatshop and brothel. The off 
auction block now conveniently found on our laptops. It's real, and it's now, and it's here. Without a doubt, without question, the evil epidemic of slavery, when it comes to that, history is repeating itself. What is still in question is whether or not history will repeat itself when it comes to the response of Christians motivated by love by the same kind of love that God has shown to us to rescue the captives, to bring freedom and release to the prisoners. This is story number three, and it's still being written. How are we going to respond? The world is begging for the new abolitionists to raise up. The world is begging for it. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We call this Orange Sunday partly because remembering that history of Orange Scott and that stand against slavery that he took. We also call it Orange Sunday because Orange just happens to be, by some crazy coincidence, just happens to be the international color and symbol for the modern fight against slavery in our time. Kind of cool, huh? There you go. We have to do something about it. Here's the deal. We're not bringing this up today with the goal of like just having one kind of big event and everybody getting excited and then kind of forgetting about this. Okay? <coughs> As we look to the future, we have several days set aside in our future where we will return to this issue, where we're going to continue to keep this issue in front of us. And we also aren't coming here today with some kind of like airtight plan that will end slavery in three years. Okay? We, we don't have that. The goal of today, the goal of today is simply this, of presenting the truth, presenting the truth of something that is actually happening, an epidemic that is real, presenting that to the smartest, most creative, most passionate people that we know, and waiting to see what happens. We believe that we have the potential to begin to write story number three here in this room. We want to invite you to join us in that. We simply want to begin to ignite awareness, to make ourselves aware of what's going on, and to spark action. To begin to take small and simple steps to respond in the way that God responded when we were in this situation. The heart of God beats within us, and we have to do something about it. I'm going to ask my uh, few friends that I've talked to to come on up. You guys can come on up now. And they're going to walk us through just a few action steps that we can kind of take together to, um, to just begin the conversation, to begin our response, and to continue to spark awareness about this. Um. So, uh, you've probably seen a lot of these. Um, a lot of people have them on right now, and you may have seen them out front. So when you head out, um, people will be handing these out to you, and we just want to ask you to use it as like an armband, a wristband, an ankle band, headband, whatever you want to do. Tie it to a bag, tie it to your... I might put it on my bike so that more people will see me at night, and I might not get hit by a car. Um, so... Yeah, and, and the point of this is just to, 
obviously, you know, putting something orange on your stuff doesn't end slavery. Um, but the point of this is to spark conversation, and um, people will say, hey, what is that orange thing? And then you can explain. Um, and hopefully that will lead to people looking into this more and getting more aware about the issues. Okay, how many of you have a Facebook? You can raise your hand. Okay, how many of you have a Twitter? A few less hands. You should get one. Um, <laughs> all right, um, one way to raise awareness about this issue is to um, change your profile picture on your Facebook or to retweet things on Twitter. If you follow um, Love Chapel Hill on Twitter, um, you can retweet things that they say about um, just about this awareness, letting people you know, people who follow you about this issue. Um, and for your Facebook, um, you can actually go to the Love Chapel Hill website, and they will have a picture there. Um, and you can make that your profile picture. It'll have information about about this movement. And um, just so that people who follow you, people who your friends with on Facebook, can know about the issue, it's it's really a great and simple way um, just to let people know about what's going on. We can also take action excuse me, by praying and fasting. We are about to enter into a, a time of feasting, but as a, a church family, we're going to ask uh, for everyone on Tuesday afternoon to join together uh, for lunch and skip it, and instead pray and fast for the slaves, for their captors, and for their releases. So we ask that, uh, once again, on Tuesday for lunch, that you would pray and fast. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the best ways to learn about this is through uh, using the Internet. Uh, there's a lot of really great organizations out there that are basically dedicated to uh, combating this uh, slave trade. So there's a, we have a list of different organizations, different websites. There's uh, World Hope. Um, the Salvation Army, uh, Invisible Children, Call and Response, which also goes to those are documentaries, and then the International Justice Mission and the UN Global Initiative to Fight Trafficking. Uh, all of these organizations are just really great. There's a lot of information uh, available just to learn more about the statistics and exactly what all is involved with the <coughs> slave trade. So definitely recommend checking these out. We can also, if you feel led, give financially to the cause. Love Chapel Hill is partnering with World Hope International to raise funds to fight slavery. Um, some of you may remember that World Hope is also the organization that Love Chapel Hill partnered with for the Haiti earthquake relief. If you will go to the World Hope site, worldhope.org, and go to their anti-human trafficking section, um, you can read more about what they are doing. They focus primarily on nine countries at this point, and especially in um, Sierra Leone, Liberia, and Cambodia. They have some very effective programs. For those of you who are college students, by the way, they also have a contest between now and the end of December to rename their program for anti-human trafficking. They want you to offer a name for the program, a Bible verse or verses, and why you think the name in the Bible verse um, 
can be used or should be used to um, rename their program. They're offering a $1,000 scholarship. And there's some pretty sharp college kids here, and a lot of them will <coughs> probably use $1,000. So uh, <laughs> be willing to go to the site. But again, if you, if you feel led financially, um, we're doing it through World Hubble. Um, you can also buy fair trade coffee, um, clothing, other products that um, that help um, just encourage uh, that do not use slave labor. Um, oftentimes, without knowing it, we're a part of a supply chain that keeps slavery alive. Um, and so, since demand influences change, it's like you was talking about. Um, you know, next time you're getting a cup of coffee or you're buying some clothing, just find out if, if that product you're about to buy that is fair trade. Um, you can learn more at um, slavefree.com. Um, you can also just find out products that that, um, that are fair trade. Just Google, simple Google search, fair trade companies. There's a ton of them out there, and they're, they're growing. And as a whole, culture is becoming aware of this. Um, and there's even books on it. I think one book's called Everything Justice. Um, just Google that and buy on Amazon. But slavefree.com, you can learn more about it. Okay, who likes movies? <laughs> Everyone should raise their hand. Okay, um, movies and films can actually be a really great tool for kind of educating yourself and raising awareness about slavery issues. Um, there are both like Hollywood films and as well as real life documentaries. I know Amazing Grace um, is a really great one that tells the story of William Wilberforce, um, who Matt was talking about earlier. Um, as well as, this would be for mature audiences, but a movie called Taken is a really, really shocking look at human trafficking. Um, and as well as documentaries like Invisible Children is one that I've seen that's really moving. Um, so I just encourage you guys to seek out some of these films and watch them. These stories are real and these <coughs> stories are important. So watch them and just be changed by what you see. Watch the movies. Great, thank you guys. You're welcome. So, yeah, <laughs> awesome. So, you saw um, that they had these in their hands. You'll be given one of these when you leave today. Um, it just kind of helps you learn a little bit more about it and helps us to make these small, simple steps to actually do something. Um, it, it, is, it is something that we cannot escape as we look through Scripture. Um, and the more and more that we look at it, and I know I, I joke about how we talk about that Moses story in the Exodus so much, and it just kind of has started to hit me recently. Wow, if we're really talking about that that much, then we probably ought to do something about it. And we probably ought to respond in the same kind of way. Um, and here's the deal. We, we're, we're being real about it. We're not, like you said, don't think that we're going to be able to completely stop it in, you know, in a week by doing a few of these things. Okay? But... The idea is going to sit in us. And once we kind of become exposed to it, then the Spirit can begin to prompt us and help lead us into what to do. We don't know exactly what to do, okay? We're being real about that. We don't know exactly what to do. But we're going to follow His leading and believe that the Spirit is going to lead us into this. I have a friend named J.D. Walt who is a good friend and a mentor, and he said this, and it captures our heart about this. He says, it's not our job to start a movement. It's just our job to move. It's just our job to move. 
So we've got to do something. And that's what we plan to do. So that, my friends, is what the Orange is all about today. And we're just going to invite you to join with us in that and to reflect the heart of the God who hears the cries of slaves and beyond belief actually does something about it. Thank you.